Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. I'm so grateful that you could stop for a moment and join with us as we take a look at the book. What we're going to be focusing on today is The Passion and Prophecy. Now, The Passion, of course, is the death, burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Passion Week itself, starting with Jesus and his disciples coming into Jerusalem before he would be crucified about a week later, he arrived there on the Sabbath, or at least before the Sabbath on Friday, and then many events unfold. You need to understand what happened that week because it plays a key role in understanding Bible prophecy. From my five-hour audio series, The Passion and Prophecy, we're going to be looking and focusing on the Song of Songs. You might refer to that book in the Bible as the Song of Solomon. Solomon did write the book, and it is the Holy of Holies as far as the Jewish people are concerned. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Uh, If you would like to study with us, we'll do that, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of The Passion and Prophecy. But right now, let's listen to the study, The Song of Songs. Turn with me to the book of Zechariah. The book of Zechariah, chapters 12, 13, and 14. I'm going to be looking at that in just a moment. I want to say a word, though. Before we look at chapters 12, 13, and 14 of the book of Zechariah, and I'm not going to teach from there, but I want to use it as a launch pad for what I want to bring out. Let me rehearse for you, if you will, the first two sessions or the previous sessions that we've had in our study of the passion and prophecy, because it's essentially you remember where we have come from. It's a building block effort that I'm making in our study, and each block is dependent upon the one previous to it being in place before we continue. Now, the first of our times together, we spoke about Uh, the passion and prophecy. We talked about the theme of the passion. Passion, of course, meaning the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We talked about the type that is inerrant within the death, burial, and resurrection, or the passion. And we talked about the time of the passion itself. I still have the graphics set up here, giving you evidence from Scripture, and then by calculating from Scripture... That's how we determine anything, digging into the Scripture. We, we can determine geographical location by studying biblical geography. We can also determine time periods or times in essence as to where it's pointing to what it's talking about by studying the Scriptures as well. And we did that on the graph, understanding that Jesus Christ, in order to be able to be in the grave three days and three nights, as Matthew 12, 40 says, he had, since he resurrected, before sun up on Sunday morning, sometime during Saturday night, early Sunday morning, resurrected, he had to be crucified by Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock and put in the grave before 6 o'clock in order to be able to be in the grave three days and three nights. And so I just want to remind you of our study where we said the time is significant when he was crucified. And of course, that day in 30 A.D. was Passover. And because of the sabbatical years that took place, he would not have been able to have been crucified on Thursday in any other year except 30 A.D. And so uniquely, that's exactly, what does it say in Galatians chapter 4? In the fullness of time, God brought forth his son. In the fullness of time, God knew about time. God knew what he was doing. He knew the exact day, if you remember, that Jesus Christ would be on the Mount of Olives. 
looking over the city and weeping. Luke 19, 40 and following. He knew, and he gave Daniel in Daniel 9, 26 and 20, 25 and 26, he gave Daniel a formula that any Jew, if you want to win a Jew to Jesus Christ, or at least get their attention, start with Daniel 9, 24 to 27. Daniel 9, 25 and 26 says, when the command to go forth and rebuild the city, not the temple, Zerubbabel did that. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of the city and the streets of the city and the city itself, which was a disgrace to the Jewish people as the world witnessed what had taken place after the destruction of the city. But he knew that from the time that command was given to Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 2, until the time that Jesus Christ would step on the Mount of Olives, overlook the city, and start to weep, it would be 69 of the 70 weeks, 100, uh, excuse me, 483 years of the 490 years, and 173,880 days on the dot that Jesus Christ would step up there, look over the city, and then the triumphal entry would take place. He was there not a day before, not a day late. He was there on the day. 173,880 days after the command was given. So God did think time and absolute time was important. And that's what we talked about in the crucifixion. It was essential. He had to die on Passover, be buried on unleavened bread, the feast I'm talking about, resurrect on first fruits. The Holy Spirit had to come on Pentecost. And so those things did happen exactly on time. And then the last session we had together, we talked about the uh, place of the passion in prophecy. And we dealt with, remember, the traditional sites, which would have been the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, or the Garden Tomb, or whatever you call it, Gordon's Calvary, or the Garden Tomb, both traditional sites, both as we looked at it, disproved by our study of what we know, and then by looking at the Word of God, and letting the Word of God give us the exact geographical location. And remember, we talked about Exact location is essential. Somebody has said, well, the place doesn't really matter. It's the person that counts. Hey, the place that Jesus Christ was born, remember, Micah 5, 2, was in absolute. It had to be in Bethlehem. The place he returns, the Mount of Olives, Zechariah 14, 4, it's an absolute. The place he's going to reign, Ezekiel 43, 7, it's an absolute. He has to be in Jerusalem, in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, to reign forever and ever and dwell amongst the Jewish people forever and ever. And so we set up and showed that the Mount of Olives is the location from which Jesus Christ not only ascended into the heavenlies, but where he was crucified and had, buried, had the opportunity of being buried there along with many other Jews that anticipated what was going to happen on the Mount of Olives and then resurrected from that spot, the Mount of Olives. So the place in the Passion has a very significant under, uh, importance as far as prophecy is concerned. Based upon that now, the time, Thursday, crucified on Passover, the place, the Mount of Olives, Har Mashiach, as the Jewish people called it, the Mount of the Messiah. Now let's look at the book of Zechariah. Uh, and, and this is still preliminary in what I'm going to be talking about in just a moment. Zechariah 12, 13, and 14. First of all, let me look at the timeline with you. The timeline of Zechariah 12, 13, and 14. Now, there's a phrase that is consistent in all three of these chapters. Six times in chapter 12, three times in chapter 13, seven times in chapter 14. And that phrase is, in that day. 
and when, of course, you see a repetition of a phrase, you need to try to understand what it's talking about. It's talking about, I believe, that phrase, in that day, looking towards the time of the last days. In fact, it is going to detail that for us. It's going to more define in that day as we look at certain sections of it and realize what he's talking about. Uh, but look here in verse 1 of chapter 12. And the burden of the word of the Lord which stretched forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Jeremiah also talks about the creative acts of God. And creation is essential. We must accept creation if we're going to believe in prophecy. That's the basis upon which all of prophecy, because the Creator can pre-write the history of the created. You notice what it says in 2 Peter chapter 3? What did they willfully become ignorant of? Creation, number one, the flood, number two, and the coming judgment, number three. The world, in the last days, it says, are going to denounce. What's being denounced today? What's being propagated upon our children, our grandchildren today, and most of our education, and all of our television programs, National Geographic magazine, the biggest propagator of evolution in the world. And here it is being pushed down our throat. Well, here Jeremiah says, you've got to believe in creation, me as creator, before you're going to understand what's going on. Now, Jeremiah brings it out when we study Jeremiah together sometime. I hope to really get into that and see exactly the signature of God and what he's done through creation. But look here at verse 2. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Now, in that day, what? I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. When? When they're in the siege around Jerusalem. When Jerusalem is once again a significant city in the world. <laughs> is it a significant city today? Listen to me. Right in the middle of the Gulf, uh, excuse me, Freudian slip. Right in the middle of the latest disturbance in the Gulf, the United Nations, that august body in New York City, had a special, special session. And you know what? They didn't even mention Saddam Hussein's name. You know what they were talking about? A neighborhood that's being built in Jerusalem. That's what the major session was for. In the middle of this crisis in the world, oh, naughty, 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 you Jews, you're not supposed to be building in Jerusalem. <laughs> I mean, it's a neighborhood right next to mine. I live in Gilo, which is a suburb of Jerusalem. And right next to me, in fact, we're doing more building in Gilo than they are. And they never said a word about what we're doing over in our place. And here the United Nations has a big meeting right in the middle of a world crisis to talk about Jerusalem. Do you know what happened? You know what happened two years ago? Two years ago, there were, uh, about a year and a half ago really now, there was a terrorist attack in Jerusalem. And then there was one in Tel Aviv, and then there was another in Jerusalem, then there was one over uh, near Ashkelon. And the world got upset. And you know what they did? They called a meeting, and within seven days, the leaders, I'm talking about the leader, President of the United States, 
Prime Minister of Britain, President of Germany, President of France, the leaders of the free world in, within a seven-day period flew to Karm el-Sheikh, which is in the middle of the Sinai Desert on the Red Sea. I mean, it's just not a place you stop by on the way somewhere. You have to get there. Twenty-three of these leaders got together, spent 24 hours discussing Jerusalem. What an exciting study that was, and I hope and pray that it will assist you in understanding what God's Word is actually telling us about the end times as it relates to that Passion Week, the week that led up to the death, the burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It has great significance prophetically. By the way, you can get your own copy of The Passion and Prophecy. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that is available. You can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from across America. Or remember, you can always go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and go to the shopping mall and make your order of our series, the five-hour audio series entitled The Passion and Prophecy. I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and let me thank you one more time for joining us as we take a look at the book. You know, as we continue to study through God's prophetic passages, we become more and more aware every single day that the rapture of the church could happen that day. When Jesus will shout, the archangel will shout, the trump of God will sound, and we'll be caught up to be with him forevermore. What a glorious day that is going to be. By the way, having said that, there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until.